Hey everyone, it's Caleb from Two Dads at Night Podcast. You can reach us at social media at Instagram, Two Dads at Night Podcast, the number two, dads, at sign, N-I-T-E, podcast, or Twitter, Two Dads, underscore, at, underscore, night, N-I-T-E, or you can send us topic suggestions or listener mail to our Gmail account, the number two, dads, at night, N-I-T-E, at gmail.com. All right, let's go. What's up, everybody? How's it going, Jake? Good. How are you? How was your week? It was good. Another solid work week. Was uh, somewhat busy, not overly busy, but still a lot of fun. Um, got to go hang out with my in-laws on Friday night for Aaron's birthday. That was on Tuesday, so twenty-nine. Last good year left before she's thirty. Um, <laughs> But yeah, we met uh, in Seagaville. Seagaville. Thought it was Seaganville forever. Um, but anyways, we met down there at a wing place, surprisingly. Aaron mm. chose a wing place, and I love wings. So we had a wing place, and there was a carnival right beside it. And we went there and hung out. Um, the carnival was actually pretty cool, even though it was pretty small. It still had a lot of neat little rides, and Titus enjoyed playing some of the games, winning stuffed animals. And... Uh, it's crazy from one week being universal riding the most amazing <laughs> rides and the other hand you're riding rides that come off of an 18 wheeler and then leave but uh it was still pretty cool um i have to tell you about a funny story of my mother-in-law after uh she basically tried to recreate a wwe match because a fight broke out but uh, oh, no. it was pretty awesome uh scary for one but also pretty wild that she would do that but anyways um a good weekend nothing uh too crazy besides that and obviously uh what happened over the weekend in allen was terrible yep it's just the worst thing when this close to home uh yeah not much words to say there it's just horrible what that what happened there because we got together with friends saturday night and we were planning on meeting around five thirty or something in allen and it just happened just a little bit before that um we were thankfully going to be meeting north of where the shooting took place but uh yeah just a horrible thing to have to open the news to on your phones that was terrible yep. and then uh <coughs> sunday was good it was uh, a nice relaxing sunday but either way nice. did you have a good week i did um yeah it was good over the week uh my parents came down and we had this place over by joy cuisine it's oh man i'm trying you know the chick-fil-a on is it 407 yes so it's in the it's across the uh that kind of half street where dairy queen is yes it's right behind it yes i know what you're talking about there's a new place a cajun place that just went in and so oh. we, we tried there it was really good they had a lobster and scallop mac and cheese 
Ooh. It was fantastic. I love lobster. Oh yes, anything with lobster, I'm I'm there for. They used to feed lobster to prisoners. The okay, so we went to early early on, but uh, Belize. I think realized. it was yeah until they realized it was How a was delicacy. It? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Had a great taste. When in the uh, when we were in Belize, uh, that's what they do is they just hop in the ocean and and go get lobster, and that's what their dinner is, and it's fresh. Like I just caught just a second ago. I'm like, man, that's, but it's crazy to think that they probably have never had red meat. Oh, like yeah. steak, right? You know, things like that that right. we take for granted. Because we were having, we were talking with one of the waiters, and they were like, "I mean, I've had it, but it's not, it's not an everyday thing." I'm like, "That's Missing exactly out. us with lobster, right? Like, you yeah. are having it every day, and right. I wish I could." Um, Dang, yeah, well, that's cool though. I didn't know that was over there. I have to check that out. I love. Uh, it was really good. I love seafood. There's a yep. really awesome steam pot place in the colony. Really? To remember the name, my in-laws took us uh, one e- like one weekend when they were down. We we'll have to we we'll have to go check that out together. We can do a food review podcast on that one. That would be fantastic. <laughs> steam pots. I or, what is it? Steam pot or they they come in bags and you open it. It's got all the flavor, all the oh, yeah. sauce and seasoning. There's a place uh, Supreme Crab in Denton okay. that does a similar. Okay. Yeah. But anyways, that's cool. Um, um, yeah, it, it was, it was good. And then Friday, basically the weekend, um, it was Alex and I just clean, cleaning up as much as we possibly could. Yeah. Just to kind of get the house summer ready. Yep. We, uh, so you can dirty it up. We're going to have a, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, we're going to have a, um, garage sale soon. Oh, cool. so we're, we're trying to get ready for Y'all that. Gonna do it on the front yard or something. I, yep. I guess. I mean, none yeah. of our garages we don't really, the street. They're that, all in alleys. That's true. We we're don't having really an alley have, sale. That's so true. Um, well, that's cool. Yeah, it's going to have to be in the front. Yeah. Um, the the yard. Yeah. So I guess a yard sale would be more accurate. Yard sale. Yard sale. Come check out our yard sale. Yeah. Well, cool. But yeah, it was, it was fun. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I'm glad you guys get to do that. Yeah. I want to check out the Cajun place. Um, well, neat. So, tonight we're going back to our normal schedule. We're off of the Famously Forgotten. Yeah. Check that out. It was Michael Rockefeller Part 1 and 2. That was really fun. Um, But this week, we are actually, even though we're going back to our normal schedule, we are starting another new series. Anyways, um, this is going to be called the Stoner Series. That's right. Or the Stoner series, man. <laughs> Anyways, so this is going to relate more toward uh, items in history or conspiracies that deal with objects that are made of some sort of stone. Yes. And with that, where are we going, Jake? The Georgia Guidestones in Georgia. USA? Yeah. Nice, bro. <laughs> All right, cool. All right. I feel so like the, that '70s show. We should have that. Oh, <laughs> you ever go see around that? the circle? Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Well, cool. So Stoner series part one. Yep. We're doing the Georgia Guidestones. I'm excited for this one because to me, this is when we. This is the stuff that I really like to. We get down to the nitty gritty to talk about. Right. And plus, it's in the U.S. When I first thought, yeah. I thought of the country Georgia. Right. So I was like, oh, well, dang. No, this is... to relate, but nope. This is here. This it's is in America. Here and it's recent, and, relatively well, speaking. I was about to say you could go visit it, but you can't. Thanks uh, a lot, whoever bombed it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. Let's dive into it. So we'll, give us a little backstory on 
the Georgia Guidestones. Where is it? Where was it at? When did it start? So it was chartered by a group who is still unknown. Right. And um, there's talk. Nameless. Right. It remains nameless. Uh, there's a few names that have been thrown around. Um, however, it's not definitive. Right. It was erected in 1980 and March, uh, I think it was March 3rd, because it actually, no, the 22nd of March, which is the Vernal Equinox. And the big thing with the uh, Georgia Guidestones is that they're celestially. Oh, right. Or astronomically. Uh, yeah, they have tools inside of them. They have carvings and slits on the rock. It's right. And itself. like you can tell where the um, spring and, and, and uh, winter equinoxes are. Mm-hmm. You can you, always find noon. You can find noon. Uh, like there's all kinds of tools. Noon, that you can as in use. like where the position of the sun is in relation right, to right. the sky. So. Like it'll it'll um, there's a, a viewpoint in the middle of the well there was a viewpoint yeah. in the middle of this thing that uh, on, at noon it would be directly where the sun is. Right. Um, so there's I mean it's it's really interesting um, and dates you know the date it was put up matters. I'm kind of curious because it's. It was out of the blue when it was taken down, and I remember when it happened too. Because really? well, I never I heard did. of it until you actually told me last week. Yeah, when it happened, um, all the circles that I kind of follow on Twitter and and YouTube, they were all like, "Oh, stuff's fixing to happen because you know that God was one of the was destroyed right." That was one of the things that people were kind of curious was uh, about. Was it like? Because uh, we don't really know much about the Georgia Guidestones, so right. people are like, "Was this is this a like a Mayan calendar kind of thing?" Like, mm-hmm. I know there's not a date on it, but right. if something bad happens to it, is something bad going to happen in the world, or you know what, what's going to happen with that? Right. And um, it was taken down last year in 2022. Yeah, July 6th. Yeah, and right after Independence Day, it actually went off with a bang. Yeah, when it's weird to think about like everything going on in 2022 right i mean we just we're kind of like the tail end of covid i mean we still have repercussions but it's like all the lockdown the major lockdowns were starting to end right the hangover was over Mm -hmm. you have the war in ukraine uh kind of ratcheting up and things were getting more serious right um economic fluctuations uh, yeah exactly and it's it's so like can you point to that and be like is this a Harambe moment where oh gosh <laughs> no it all started Too when soon. Kobe died yeah that's true um, but can you point to that and say well there may be something to the whole thought process of um, you know this goes down and then all of a sudden everything right. else goes down it just triggered a unfortunate group a series of events, of events. Yeah. yeah I don't Terrible. think I don't think there's really any correlation to it other than that right people are watching for it now yeah so there's a group that. Obviously, we don't know the name of, but they were represented by a guy, R.C. Christian. Yes. Who, that was like anonymous. That was his name. That's the name that he gave the company that he reached out. Yeah, that he reached out to to uh, commission the stone that he knew or that he would like to place. Now, there's kind of some conjecture as to why he chose R.C. R.C. Christian. Right. Some believe it was because he is a Christian. Others believe it was ironic that he chose Christian when the tablets themselves are very, um, I wouldn't say demonic in nature, but kind of opposite to God. Right. Um, but it is kind of interesting that he did 
that in the person who built it so he went uh, rc christian went to a granite company and kind of chartered this company on behalf of this group that again is from uh, nameless um to build this structure right in georgia yes and specifically because they were I think they're like the leading producer of granite in the world. Yeah. Which is funny. It's in Elbert County, Georgia. And that county specifically, like, he, he went to that county for the granite. Um, and instead of moving it, like, like with Stonehenge, the stones are from Wales. Right. But they were moved to northern England. Mm. This one, I believe it's northern England. Um, you got me. I don't know. I've never been. <laughs> uh, we flew, I flew over it. If that oh, counts. Okay. On the way well, to fun Scotland. fact: this this was considered America Stonehenge. It was yes, um, but instead of moving the lo- original location of where the the stones were, he who, this group decided to leave it and and keep it there. Right. Yeah. They just bought like five acres yep. and decided to place their stones there. And personally, I kind of think that the reason why they did that was kind of twofold. One, it saves money in yeah. the long run, and two. There's less paperwork because you have you don't have to deal with moving costs or moving right. people uh, in terms of like a truck to to physically move the stones. Yeah, and these stones else. were no joke. No, We're talking real beefcakes. Oh yeah, I think they estimated it like 500 pounds. The no. whole thing. No more, dude. No total of 237,646,000 pounds. No one listened to me. Yeah, these. Be- <laughs> So these bad boys were nine, just over 19 feet tall. That's or nuts. Our brothers across the pond, 5.87 meters. Uh, we don't we don't do that. But yeah, so there were four standing, I believe four standing. Yep. Uh, going in a clockwise direction, they are nine, just over 19 feet tall. They had a top stone that was like, it was like nine feet long by seven feet wide. And a, a foot and a half thick, like these bad, like they're massive stones. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so over 237,000 pounds. So yeah, definitely didn't want to try to move those. Um, and, you know, like I said, they had it on some property that the group bought and they later actually turned over to a local farm owner who would uh, always have cattle grazing rights. Uh, mm-hmm. But they eventually had to put up a fence around the guide stones early on in the early eighties because the, uh, the cows started going up and using it as a scratch post, which I don't think a cow would move, be able to move that <laughs> structure. But I mean, if that thing fell on a cow, it'd be a beef sandwich. <laughs> yeah. Big old beef sandwich real fast. A lot of paperwork. Right. Yeah. And it looks like, so, um, the company that built it was Elberton granite finishing company who the president was, um, uh, Joe Findley Sr. Mm-hmm. Right. And he is the only person and was the only person until his death to know who R.C. Christian really was. Right. Because that was the stipulation. He had to work with him. Yeah. Well, he had to work with him, and the stipulation of building it was the paperwork had to have his um, birth name on it. Oh, okay. That was that was his own, that was Findley's only uh, kind of prerequisite. And the other thing, too, is that he, when R.C. Christian um, you know, approached him with this whole project, he quoted Finley quoted just this huge number um, to build it. Right. Yeah, and, he was going to charge him even more than he normally would for right. such a big project because he thought he was just joking. RC Christian was just joking, so he was going to kind of test the waters. But instead, right. RC uh, Christian was like, "Yeah, okay, sure, that works for me." Which yep. at the time was a little over a hundred thousand dollars U.S. in the eighties, which now with our um, wonderful inflation, yes. almost half a million dollars. Give us more. So, 
that that's that's still nuts like even then it was it was just nuts to just drop that kind of money yeah i mean well i kind of think of it as well now i guess building wise it kind of still seems like a deal but but i mean like what are you building you're not even building anything that you can and now it's completely pointless although it's it's stayed in the the minds of everybody who's kind of interested in this stuff but with it being destroyed it's it's but yeah, that's kind of what Finley was getting at. He was like, "This guy's just nuts. Like, yeah, there's no way. Why would we? Why would you want this? And why would we want to build it? Almost. Yep. And so uh, let's get into the, what it actually states because what's interesting is that the letters that are written on it are what was it four inches and ten centimeters tall. Oh, the actual letters that were the sandblasted print. in there. Uh-huh. Oh, I wasn't too sure on that one actually. And so, um, I believe so. Um, anyway, there, there, it's just enough to have um, just a certain set number of languages. Oh, okay. And yeah. so there were four, um, quote unquote, extinct languages, mm-hmm. and then I believe eight living languages. Um, right. And, and the languages are. Arabic, Chinese, English, Hebrew, Hindi, Russian, Spanish, and Swahili. Right. And then the dead languages are the Babylonian, Egyptian hieroglyphs, Sanskrit, and classic Greek. So Mm -hmm. he picked four languages of antiquity. Well, this group picked four languages of antiquity. And then eight languages that people believe um, are the more major languages throughout the world which i mean kind of makes sense if the whole point of the guide stones were literally to guide humanity yeah so they were the languages are chosen just reading here they were chosen because they represented most of humanity except for hebrew which wasn't chosen because of its connection to judaism or wait yeah except for hebrew which was chosen because of its connection to judaism and christianity which is interesting that is interesting. Um, but yeah, so these were kind of going to be guide stones to a world post major event. And see, that's you know getting ready um, for this this episode. There were a few videos I watched, and that seemed to be the main consensus was that it was written and erected for future society, right? Um, that if you were to walk upon it, potentially your language would be represented. In like a post-apocalyptic world. Right. So like the you know, you know the government of the United States is gone. The major governments across the world are gone. And so you come across the stone and it essentially it will read off what it says first. Um, so one is maintain humanity under 500 million and uh, perpetual balance with nature. Two, guide reproduction wisely improving fitness and diversity three unite humanity with a living new language four rule passion faith tradition and all things with tempered reason five protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts six let all nations rule internally uh, internally resolving external disputes in a world court seven avoid petty laws and useless officials eight balance property rights with social duties nine prize truth beauty love seeking harmony with the infinite and 10 do not 
uh, or be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. Um, Which there's a, that's a lot. That that is a lot. You I mean, you're take asking each one of those basically and just run off like. Oh, that they were meaning one. this, or they, exactly they were trying to prove this more. They wanted you to think this way. Um, I think one that really kind of opened up to me, or like kind of caught me by, not surprised, but like wow, that's pretty thoughtful. Um, was protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. We do the complete opposite, basically. Literally, with how diverse we are in each nation, just in our own nation. Um, but just imagining a world where we could actually do that, protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts, like that amount of balance would be, even with a, even with a society of 500 million, would be near impossible. Oh, because you, everybody's going to yeah. have the, a better idea. Exactly. You, you can't, there's, um, I think we, we mentioned this book in a previous episode but there's a book where basically this these astronauts land on a planet and it's perfectly balanced um and it ends up it's run by computer ai and then when they these astronauts land on this planet they're the catalyst to throw the entire thing into um unbalance oh disarray that, that their freedom of choice these astronauts gotcha. freedom of choice yeah ruined every everyone else basically and that's exactly what would happen here with almost every single one of these um, you know, a new living language, fair and just, you know, courts, um, per- right. balance personal rights with social duties. People are going to always say my personal rights mm-hmm. trump the greater societal social duties or vice versa. You're, you know, I want to take your personal rights because of the greater good. Um, and if you don't like that, then that new living language will soon be split into multiple languages because right. you're going to have tribes come up and so sure you know it's a utopian-esque belief that you can have fair and just uh, courts but if you have multiple tribes with obviously very different political you know systems Mm -hmm. because even today like the courts of iran and the courts of the uk will not agree right no way and so you can't force them to agree either Mm -hmm. because then you're just as you're not following your own edict this is not a just court this is a uh, just a authoritarian court yeah under the guise of a just court so these things are are impossible right um part well, of maintaining me, humanity under 500 million oh that's a balance with nature like who's oof. counting are you yeah. going to go to each country and imagine count? a giant world clock that takes yeah. every time a baby is born but see and that's the other thing too is like this is why part of me thinks that it's actually not written for a post world it's written for the pre world that this is guidestones to get everyone ready for what's fixing to happen yeah because yeah. this i mean this reads basically like revelation where right you'll have a one world government you'll have a one world leader a one world religion a one world banking system that if you right. don't do these things these stipulations you can't participate right. in that world and that speaks to some of the um what I'm reading here, some of the the themes behind why these were first commissioned, but mm-hmm. they said that the the inscriptions dealt with four main themes: governance and the establishment of a world government, what you just said, population and reproduction control, which you know keeping them under 500 million. Yep. Uh, the environment and humankind's relationship to nature, uh, well, you know, respecting is a do not be a cancer on the earth on number ten, and then uh, spirituality, which what you just said too is making one goal or one 
religion. Yep. And that's the other thing, too, is God is not mentioned. It's spirituality. Right. And they are very different things. You can be a spiritual spiritual person, but you are not a godly person. Vice, you know. Right. I've met some godly people who aren't necessarily all that spiritual also. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's just, it, it's very interesting these, it would have been really, laws. really awesome to see these, honestly. Uh, I can't believe these were, I mean, they are here from 1980 till last year, 2022. 2022 yeah. So, what, 42 years? Yep. If my math checks out, which I think it does on that one. Um, but just being able to see that and interpret it, I mean, there, a lot of people were, you know, like we said earlier, thinking that they were satanic messages or, you know, trying to be a new world order. And that, so they were actually defaced numbers of times. Oh, yeah. Um, the family, John Finley, uh, it was his, like, uh, son or grandson was commissioned to basically protect and make sure that each time that people would go and graffiti it or do whatever to the stones, that he would go and clean them off. Like, I'm pretty sure that was part of, like, the contract that they signed. And I'm sure it is. It was. Because um, that happened a, a n- numerous amount of times. And there there was even, uh, like, local officials and state officials that wanted, that called for these things to be, or for this monument, or not monument, but this uh, installation to be taken down because they were fearful of the implications the message, that, yeah. it, that it had on it. Exactly. Which I guess, like, some of them seem pretty radical, especially, like, the, you know, keep the population under 500 million, like, think we're pushing nine billion people yep um so that would be imagine having to to just say somebody like hey uh you're tipping the scale you're five five hundred million and one sorry (laughs) sorry johnny you're gonna have to go someone here is not going (laughs) to leave this room yeah (laughs) well and what's interesting is uh like with the second one so i think it's funny that the maintaining the world population under 500 million is number one. Yeah. And number two is uh, guide re- reproduction wisely. That's basically eugenics. Like, yeah. who chooses which... The Clone Wars. Lo- I mean... The Clone on. Wars. If you- That's what this is. <laughs> it's George Lucas. What? May the 4th. <laughs> but, but, I mean, who who picks wisely? Who who is the person know. that we are going to elect that has to decide whether or not I can have a kid or you can have a kid? Well, yeah, because I mean, because number seven, avoid petty laws and useless officials. Yeah, if they make the wrong choice, you are therefore a useless official and yeah. should leave. Oh, and then this, balance personal rights with social duties. So these things like, oh contradict goodness. themselves. Yeah, and with the whole balancing, it can be scary for sure. Yeah, oh yeah, and balancing personal rights with social duties. Who is to who's to put that together i mean what personal right is too far against the greater good does my ownership of a firearm dictate that the you know the greater good is hindered yeah or you know vice versa is if uh it, my language is is it too offensive for someone to hear mm. and therefore against the greater good like the uk is having a huge issue where um, you say the wrong thing you can literally be imprisoned there were people in Australia who were, um, during the whole quarantine bit, uh, oh, yeah. they were being imprisoned just going on Twitter or Facebook and that saying, was, this that was stinks. happening in Australia, China. Yeah. I mean, it's it's nuts. Tons and, of videos of them just like literally abducting them from their homes. And that's exactly what their argument was, is your, your dissidents, you, people are reading what you're saying on online, 
and they will start to question our methods. So in order to protect the greater good, your personal rights and personal freedoms must be eliminated and you must, you know, go somewhere where we've already prepared. Yeah. So that we can maintain the facade of living in a free society when none of it is it this these uh guidelines remind do you ever see the movie um v for vendetta yes that's great, what this great movie this yeah. i mean the whole keeping the world population under a certain number that's they d- did mass genocides throughout that whole movie yeah they created a virus watch that that is such a good movie and well i mean like they created a virus spe- specifically to get power and then mm. controlled everyone once they had power and that's to I me mean, that's what this is you could kind of interpret that to what's happened since 2020. And no wonder they, oh, you guys are stupid and crazy. You don't know anything about science. Like, well, you know, the government definitely does things to. I wasn't allowed to leave the country narrative. and go to Scotland unless I got the vaccination. Yeah. To well, me, Aaron that's couldn't too get much treatment. control. Yeah, exactly. Aaron couldn't get cancer treatment without a shot. That is too much control, in my yeah. opinion. If if someone were to. You need a life-saving drug, but yet we're going to put an experimental drug. In you. That's been pushed through without proper testing. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. mean, I remember. I remember sitting there weighing that. Like, does my wife get treatment for her cancer, or does she just take a shot at hoping that the virus won't get her by not getting this shot of whatever chemicals? Yep. Uh, but of course, we did it so far. We've been fine. Uh, right. Knock on wood, because who knows what's coming. But anyways, yeah. That's the other thing. Was was all of 2020 just a um, a warm-up? Just getting the, the masses prepared to... Because now you have the people who... Fluffing the pillow. Or who took That's the vac- vaccine, nothing happened. And so the next time when, you know, we may actually have a very dangerous disease come out. Yeah. They go out and say, hey, you need to get the vaccine. It's a boy, cry- boy who cried wolf. Because right. I'm not... Why would I take a vaccine when the last time I took a vaccine and nothing happened? Right. So what's what makes this different? Yeah, but it's hard to say. And it, we're not trying to is. push any no, in, no, in our at thought all. at all on anybody. But. It's just kind of running through the whole, that's what people were thinking of when they started seeing this in 1980. Mm-hmm. And when this just magically appears, because there was no relatively no fanfare up until the point of release. When they released it, a congressman for the area came out and, and was a, in attendance and everything. But all the way up to its creation, to its conception, there was no fanfare. This right. was literally just two guys in a room agreeing what their the design of the, the monument right. should be. He brought his models, like, this yep. is what I want to do. It. This is what I wanted to say. Exactly. And, and there I was, was like, no- well, if you pay us all this money, I'll build it. Yep. And then, boom, you know, a year later it was done. But... Other than that, there was no pu- no publicity about it. And so in 1980, you have these massive walls basically being put up in the middle of nowhere because it is in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And yeah, it's like, I forget how many miles it is away from the city because it did draw quite a bit of uh It, it did. There were quite a few people. And then like, you know, um, what's the thing when you go somewhere because you want to see it? I don't uh, know. Tourism? Yeah. Tourism, yeah. yeah. Brought in a lot of tourism. So it's like, I mean, this just happened in the middle of last year so they're not yeah. i mean they obviously they got to assess like what all the implications are not having that there now that then they still haven't caught the person who no no one knows blew up the uh the stones and uh, what was interesting is that it was like uh, it looked serious uh, it looked like a serious explosion like it was c4 or 
some kind of plastic that was used dynamite or whatever something because it was not your normal firecracker that just not somebody, at your army surplus no yeah and uh, though i have right. i've blown up tannerite a lot of times but this wasn't tannerite this right. was definitely a, a, a shrapnel based they yeah. they put it onto the wall to to explicitly or to with the main purpose of taking it down right and i think I don't know how many columns it took down. I know it wasn't all the way down, but no. the, the city it, agreed to just go ahead and it. just demolish it. And they're not planning on building it again, which kind of stinks because, I mean, it was there for 40, over 40 years. Like, it's a staple of that area. It's like a lot of people still want to go see it because, you know, I know a lot of people are always looking for answers. So they definitely would draw that interest. I mean, yeah. not me per se, but I would at least want to go and say, like, dang, it is pretty cool to see, like, whatever these people were thinking in the 80s would be useful well, this, decades and centuries away from now. And it kind of leads into the whole, I guess, you know, a, a avenue I kind of want to go talking about who actually may have been responsible. Um, because if this group is still around, why don't they just charter a new one? Why not approach mm-hmm. someone else to say, hey, right. this was taken down, but we still believe these guidelines need to be met and haven't been met, so let's recreate it. But they're not, to my knowledge. You know, they're, they may they may be like what they were in 1979. You know, they're in the final production stages, and then in 2023 or in 1980, they finally come out and say, hey, by the way, it's Stonehenge 2.0. And... <laughs> And we got some more guidestones. Yeah, it's newer, better with metal detectors. I mean, right. But you know, who's to say that that's not going on? But it to the surface or on the surface, it's not. And so, what makes me think is why why don't you have that group coming out and saying, "Hey, let's let's start again. Let's rebuild it." Maybe they just wanted to view humanity and see what they would do. And after time, yeah. sure enough, it showed its it reared its nasty teeth by someone going and not yeah. only defacing it but completely exploding it yeah um well let's look at some of these like some of the inscriptions i I think they're neat to kind of like talk about um one of them is number nine prize truth beauty love seeking harmony with the infinite define infinite right yeah you can't and that's the other thing too is like so you you equate truth with infinite or at least should marry into infinite. The problem beauty with beauty and love. When the problem with time is that the Greeks' truth is different than United States of America's truth. Yeah, like, for sure. And so, if you have truth be infinite, which is a very astute, you know, very, mm-hmm. I would love to strive for that, but it is impossible. Just on its na- in, in its nature there's right. always going to be something that contradicts my truth or this current truth that will prove this current truth's uh falsity mm. and so given time it tarnishes truth of previous generations so what makes you think that this truth that you're calling for is the um is the truth which right. it's not because you know from what we believe but yeah and that would basically make number six almost impossible which is let all nations rule internally resolving external yep. disputes in a world court yep like how the heck are you gonna get to number nine if you can't get through number six like let alone number one don't write anything yeah. if you don't have a written language yeah. which is again why creating a new language is there 
you don't have anything to go back on. Maybe we'll just communicate by slapping like knees and elbows. That would be fantastic. <laughs> my name is. Except you need to. You can't say my name is. Oh yeah. It's just a bunch uh, of slapping yeah. noises. Imagine just like trying to communicate from someone across some woods. You're just both <laughs> slapping each other's knees and elbows, like arguing. You don't know what's an echo and what's them. Yeah. But but it, I mean, <laughs> like you you create a new language. It would have to be unwritten because if it's written, you can go back to it in in history and see that that truth at that time is not infinite. That I know something that contradicts that truth. Therefore, right. the truth in that was operating the court system is not the truth, and so it would overthrow the court system because you're using faulty truths. It would be yeah. Some of the like this whole group of ten inscriptions is very hard to. They contradict each other to almost, create almost. Yeah, yeah. You you can't create. It is a utopia. A utopia is basically something that you want to strive for, but is physically impossible to it obtain. It reminds me of That's the, you know, the movie Elysium with Matt Damon. I've never seen it, but I know oh, that the okay. weapons are cool. Yes, they are. They're very cool. But anyway, so they have to get up into space into basically a utopia world where all the rich live, mm. but they all have like, they have the best medicine. They have the best governing body. They have all the best. Right. But everything on earth is terrible. So it's like reading this is like literally is like something you would see out of science fiction. Oh yeah. I mean, almost every single dystopian future, like, um, you know, hunger games, V for vendetta, 1984, mm-hmm. Fahrenheit, 451, right. I robot, you know, all these things, Ooh, I robot. they yeah. basically are operating under the tenets of the Georgia Guidestone, right? That at some point the government is controlling the population is controlling the languages, you know, all these steps need to be taken and if you ever want to make a great dystopian movie, follow the Georgia Guidestones. That's actually what I was just thinking is like, who's to say some of these producers and direct, not directors and writers had literally had similar ideas and were able to confirm them by reading something like, oh, well, we actually have a physical place to go to yep. read what people years before us was think were thinking. So. When, you know, this is 1980, which four years, 1984, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's it. It was made in a very interesting time uh, in human history. I mean, the Cold War was going on. Uh, there were a lot of questions whether there's a lot of technological advancements in the eighties oh, yeah. and nineties. So to live through for those to live through that and yep. computing. Yeah, some there is some truth. Probably this is our conspiracy. Boom! That these tablets influenced things that could be going on today whether that be governing powers technological advances who knows now i get to talk about who did it okay all right so i will say that no please don't (laughs) (laughs) i will say a lot of this stuff is and this is a plug that these people will never hear uh, the y files i love the y files i'm always watching them sponsor Uh, us yeah even though they're i don't know they're doing basically (laughs) he's doing a better job than we are well, he also has a production team. True. It's just us. We got we got this green <laughs> table, our phones. Yep. And a dream. And a dream. But yeah. Anyways. Yes. Uh, so what was interesting is that this RC Christian person, they, in the video anyway, seemed to track down who it was. Well, who he was, uh, basically he was an army veteran who ironically had four kids. And you want to control the population. If it's if it's true that this is the person who did it, he wants to control the population and yet has four kids. How is that controlling the population? Shouldn't you just 
take China's method and just have one kid and call it done? Well, we know he had four kids, but not to say that he had more that he thinned out. You never know. Two boys, two girls, all boys, all girls. Yep. You never know. But what's interesting is that the group um, who a roundabout way took responsibility is called the Club of Rome. And essentially what the Club of Rome is is a it's supposedly a nonpartisan think tank almost of the future world. And they, they're still in operation. So this, again, leads back to what we were talking about earlier, how why hasn't this group come out and made a new one? Yeah. They, they're still in operation. Um, but what's interesting is that the Club of Rome was created by the Morgenthau Group. So the Morgenthau Group was or well, is the parent company of the Club of Rome. However, the name Morgenthau is the surname to a governor. Uh, gubernatorial candidate for new york who lost to nelson rockefeller so Mm. nelson rockefeller in 1950 ran against um uh oh something uh morgenthal and law and morgenthal lost rockefeller won and um basically i just think it's very interesting that he uh morgenthal is the namesake for this group. Well, the group met at JD the third or JD Rockefeller the third, his estate. So Nelson Rockefeller's brother is JD the third. So JD's estate is where Morgenthau group was created. So basically these guys were all in basically just buddy, buddy that they didn't care who won the governor right. governor's race. Either it was Morgenthau or Rockefeller, their program was still being run. Yeah. But what's interesting, I just because we we literally just finished talking about Michael Rockefeller. So his dad is Nelson Rockefeller, who created the covert operation, overt operation group in 1954. Well, in the same year, 1954, J.D. Rockefeller, who was the creator of the Morgenthau Group also created a separate program called the Population Council. And essentially the Population Council's main goal is eugenics. It's picking which uh, gene, which which group of people should reproduce, which should not. And so I think it's interesting that the Morgenthau Group, under the guise of the Club of Rome, creates this huge... If Again, if this is who did it, um, they create this basically monolith in the middle of Georgia yeah. exclaiming eugenics when it's basically just J.D. Rockefeller, Nelson Rockefeller, uh, Morgenthau, and a bunch of uh, the were similar to the covert operation group, uh, about five or six guys who just met around and who were just rich beyond possible comprehension. Like, right. There's rich, like, I can go into a store, drop whatever I want to and buy right. it. And then you have people who can buy continents, and these men could buy continents. Right. What the money actually is not anything what they want. They want the power. So of course they can right. influence by building these things, which and, goes to speak more toward even today's political climate, where you can see, you know, opposing sides arguing, when in reality, most of what gets done is behind closed doors. Oh yeah. So they just need faces. So no matter what or whoever's in power, 
things get moved and done and i i don't think that is a crazy idea at all no where these like these people work in conjunction with one another to push agendas so never go after a senator or congressman always go after their aides (laughs) yeah because if the senator or congressman get replaced a lot of times the aides stay there and so the aides politicals and you know political nature and the policies all that stuff it stays where it is because they're not being replaced it's the face that you were just mentioning right yeah um but yeah i just i just thought it was really interesting that that is crazy we just finished talking about nelson rockefeller and michael and their brother or michael's uncle created yeah and i think sometimes like when i've heard like talking to people after like listening to episodes like wow that's so interesting how that those things you know um go together and i didn't realize they were so related it's like well yes Mm -hmm. for one for another reason it's on purpose right which i fully believe that things happen for a reason i don't think there's just like a whimsical thing happening in the background uh i don't believe i there's too much in my life that has been um there's too much in my life that hasn't been coincidence that or that's happened that can't be attributed to coincidence i should say yeah for it not to be on purpose yeah for not to at least have fate involved right where it it may not be in our hands human hands but there's definitely something going on that is right intelligent and that is putting it in a certain way that it should be right we're speaking more toward like the environment around us right like a physical thing happening or a spiritual thing happening yeah not like an earthquake happening in the next town over and then me getting you know higher guys prices the prices are yeah i wonder why that's happening or do you hear that this in this part of the world is going it's like mm -hmm. right yeah 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 because i mean like if you look at a lot of these political action mm -hmm, these political action action committees you look at who their donors are it's all the same names. I mean, yeah. it, whether it be Republican, Democrat, Independent, it doesn't matter. It's all the same names. Yeah. Because these people, again, have so much money that they could throw millions of dollars out the window. Right. And literally keep driving. Like, they don't... There's there's nothing that was lost. And we're investment to them. We're yeah, not... The banks work for them. They don't... Right. <laughs> and we're they not, don't need the bank. And we're not people either. We're, we're numbers on a spreadsheet. Exactly. And so if they can invest the right amount of power and the right amount of assets into one column that they think is going to outperform another, then they just have to wait and see how the pawns will duke it out and see if their asset was... It reminds... Did you ever see the movie Trading Places? No. Oh, man. Okay. So this movie was... Uh, uh, it's got Eddie Murphy... Oh, not Sigourney Weaver. Oh, I can't believe I just said that. Um, oh my goodness, I can see her. I. She was in. It uh, was it Halloween. Oh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis and uh, Dan Aykroyd. Well, basically, what it is is Dan Aykroyd's an insider, or not an insider, but he's a, a trader yeah. on the stock market. And his bosses, there's two of them. Um, they basically twist his world. And make everything go wrong. So, like, they make it seem like he was embezzling money, selling drugs. Uh, they they are the uh, uncles to his girlfriends or fiance. So, of course, they break that off. They yeah. kick him out of his house. They kick him out of all the wealth that he has. And then there's a homeless guy who's played by Eddie Murphy. And they take him in and they give him the house. They give him the car, the, mm, the cool. uh, you know, education, just to see the social experiment of how long it takes Winthrop, the, the uh, Dan Aykroyd character, 
and um, Valentine to see which one either rises or falls first. Oh. And it, it was all based on a bet, but it, the bet was for a dollar. Oh. And that's that's how I see some of these people treating just the world around it, is that we are literally just a bet for a dollar. Right. I can, I like, yeah, I, I bet I can influence this group to uh, vote a certain way or oh, yeah. okay, be so, able to absorb well, bad news. And yeah. not get upset with us changing policies and, and influencing law. I mean, you just look at any bad event, whether it be uh, drunk driving, uh, take it any event, without any kind of press conference or uh, statement from the people who are actually involved investigating or actually involved some form of fashion, fashion, on both sides there is instantly a response to just to get their message out before anyone knows the truth of what actually happened, before anyone knows what actually happened, to just yeah. begin with, there's always just a statement that's released just to change the minds of the people who read headlines. Because you'll always have the people who read the story itself, but they're not talking to you. If, if you read the story, you're, you're out of their reach. Yeah. They want the people who see a headline and whose mind are changed just with that headline alone. Right. And they don't bother to actually look into it. Exactly. But what's scary is that they are, one, they're growing in population. Um, and two, they're very outspoken. So the, the oh, typically yeah. the people who jump into conversations who act like they know something are the people who only read the headlines and not the, the meat of the article. Right. And with the advent of TikTok, uh, of shorts on YouTube, you know, the 30-second the news clips of somebody either saying or, or text across the screen, they can look at those and think, I mean, you can look at a, at a minute long video of the war in Iraq and come away thinking, Oh man, I can't believe we went in there to steal the oil and all that stuff. When yeah, it's so much deeper than that. Right. And you can't cover the entire complexity of the war in Iraq and its history, uh, with a one minute video, but to those people, you just did. Right. And that's that's who these people are reaching for. Mm-hmm. Much like the people who created the Guidestones, that's who they were looking for. They were looking for the people who who really do kind of read, you know, these ten uh for lack of a better yeah, yeah, ten commandments. Sta- yeah. They are the the world's ten commandments. They're not God's ten commandments, they're the world's ten commandments. Right. And you these people, whoever created it, whether it be you know, the Morgenthau group, the Club of Rome, you know, what have you, or just be some guy named R.C. Christian who was bored, who had a, a lot of money. Right. They were they were in it for the people who were easily kind of fooled to believe in these, we need to exactly. limit the population. Yeah. And that's why we always state, like, dig deeper, because there's Please. so much. It's literally like the analogy of, like, the iceberg is you only see the tip of the iceberg and the meat is underneath Yep. That's exactly the truth behind something, especially like the Georgia Guidestones. Um, there's always just more information that ties back to most generally government. So yeah, almost always it's any a good form cons- of... Any good conspiracy always ties in with the government. Thanks, Project 404. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's it always reminds me of the allegory of the cave from Plato. Are you familiar with that? I am not. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, I love this kind of stuff. That So basically, the, the cave allegory is that there's a fire in the background, 
and you have the masses staring at the wall and there's people in a corridor walking in front of the fire, but the masses see shadows. And so the masses convince themselves, these are our overlords. These are, you know, Oh yeah. These are my people right. that I need to respect when really it's just, it, it's just things walking across in front of a, a fire. Right. You have the one guy who in there's chains, you're all chained. However, this guy realizes that you're not actually changed. It's just, you have handcuffs on and, and things like that. So he turns, sees there's a fire, but also sees there's a cave entrance. So yeah. of course he leaves, sees the world in front of him as it is and goes back, tries to tell the people, but the people are so convinced that they just sit and watch. And that is exactly what we live in on a daily basis. And we've always lived in, I mean, For even, sure. even in that time period in ancient uh, Greek, they, they all understood that allegory because they all would go home and see the wall and the right. fire on the wall. I mean, like, these, oh, look, it's there. Yeah. Now we don't have a fire at the wall. It's just, it's in front of us. It's, it's lit, pre-lit with LED screens. Yep. That, that's yep. the new fire yep. in the wall. It's exactly. just not a fire anymore. It's just a cell phone or a movie, you know, what have you. Right. Um, but it, we're so easily fooled as a mass and they know it. Right. All of them know it. Right. I think, yeah. I always take a second to just kind of like analyze the situation when it happens. But so many times you can remember my last job, there's always a lot of gossiping going on. It's like, did you hear this? Did you? It's like, I heard that. But then, like, when I looked into it, it was, you know, pretty far from the truth. So, yeah. There's just, there's not a lot that goes on that people are like willing to dig into, which is. Or no, there is a lot that going on that people aren't willing to dig into, which is mind blowing to me. Yeah, there, I mean, there's so many, there's so many things. Like, um, I remember when the Vegas shooting happened, and um, there were just so many questions that people had. And I've, I follow a lot of you know gun tubers and stuff like that on YouTube. And um, one of the the videos that was coming out of it had uh, the rate of fire going. And they were like, this doesn't make any sense for an AR to be able to fire because this is what this sounds like. And so they demonstrate this is what a full auto sounds like because they have a Class C right. license. And then they were like, okay, and this is what a 240 sounds like, which is a, a belt-fed machine gun. And it audio-wise linked more – it was similar to the video than the AR-15 was or the M4 was. And but, – but, I mean, as soon as it happened, as soon as the story was – kind of given the two weeks that it normally takes for it to leave the mind of the masses, it was dropped. There was no right. manifesto. There's no, you know, uh, you had the initial videotape leak of, you know, the guy going in and all that stuff getting ready. And, but nobody asked, you know, okay, so one guy did this. He carried up boxes of ammunition and just tons of rifles with no one asking a question. Hey, what is that rifle bag going up there for? Right. You know, it just things that don't make sense. Exactly. And yet as a mass, we've just kind of moved on and, and myself included. I mean, I'm not going to the steps of Congress asking, Hey, where's this information? Why are you saying one thing when all the evidence is kind of, you know, contradicting yeah, yourself pointing to another, a whole another reason. Yep. Yeah. And that adds to the allegory is like, you do have some people who are aware of the open mouth of the cave who are also aware of the fire. And it's just like, I like the way life is, so I'm yeah. just going to keep coasting. And I think that 
unfortunately myself included there's a lot of people who are awake who just kind of just fall into that category where i'm so focused on getting the girls out of uh, public school without any information that i and alex deem wrong right Um, yeah i'm so focused on getting logan ready for life that yeah i could i can see that the writing's on the wall but I mean, you have to shut some things out. Yeah, pick your battles. That, yeah, that's you literally do each day. Yep, for sure. And that's the thing that I need to constantly remind myself is because I'm ready. Some of these things I'm ready to just. We need to talk about it. Yeah, but then pick my battles because I don't want my kids to have the repercussions that my actions may cause. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we deal with that each day. It's what parenting is like. Yep, but. I think this has been a really good episode um, just to jump back to the conspiracy theories and it opens up so many questions as to why something like this would be done uh, yeah. here in America at least because <laughs> it's a pretty toxic place. Um, <laughs> but I hope you guys like some, some of this is kind of like brought about questions that you, you know, you want to look into um, the Georgia guidestones are really interesting. The modern day stone hit or, America Stonehenge, the modern day Ten Commandments. There's a lot of different things that ties to it. Um, so if you're ever curious, there's all different types of videos and information on the interweb, so you can jump into um, whether that be just for fun or you're genuinely curious about some of the implications that the uh, the group that uh, commissioned this were trying to get out. And I think it was interesting. Sorry, I know we're kind of closing oh, up. You're but, good. You're good. Um, for whatever reason, it reminded me of the Notre Dame. I just looked it up. It was April nineteenth of twenty nineteen. Uh, the Notre Dame Cathedral burning. Yeah. And it's just like there to me. There's been so many monuments. Like you had ISIS destroying pretty much all of Middle East culture. Yeah. Um, you have Notre Dame going up in flames. You have all these things. You have the George Guidestones. Mm-hmm while obviously not as old or prestigious as these <laughs> right. other things, but right. like you have things that people can point to and say, these are somewhat historical. Yeah. Look, look or, at human history. Exactly. It, it's a looking glass into human history that are now gone. Yeah. And it's all within a span of, you know, the past, what, 10 years. Yeah. Or less. Yeah. Or yeah, less. It's crazy. And it, it's nuts how, how much we've lost. And they're, it's like almost seeming like these events, like if they would have happened, Whenever we were kids, it would have been like all in the news for like oh, a year. You, yeah, can now you imagine? It's like each week is another major historical event, almost literally. I mean, Notre Dame burning is basically like Mecca burning. Yeah, that it's. Yeah. I mean, you have the Vatican is you know obviously the main pillar for Catholicism, but mm-hmm. Notre Dame is no schlump either. I mean, it's it, it's a massive uh, monument to cathedrals and and things like that and it's gone and i remember when it happened i would say probably for a a month or two it was in the news every day right yeah but it burned for a while it it did it burned for a while but then i mean we moved on and it's just how it's kind of mind-blowing when you stop and think of all the things that we've gone through as a human race and that you know a week or two or you know a month or two or a year or two it's already oh that was you know 20 years no that was Three years, four years ago. Yeah, you be- you become numb to it all. Yeah, and it's just nuts how. I mean, I was I remember being outside when uh, was it Columbia, 
uh, oh, broke yeah. apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember hearing the sonic yep. boom. Yep. And I was at my mom's house. It was crazy. Yeah. And a piece of the um, aircraft came down um, in her apartment complex, actually. They roped it off. It was pretty crazy. That's nuts. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I was like, wait, what blew up? And like they showed me. I was like, no way. Yeah. And that fell here? Yeah. Because it took off from Houston. So. Well, it was in reentry. So it was on yeah. its way back down when yeah. when it blo- um, broke apart. Just nuts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys have enjoyed some of this. Uh, we're going to end it off with some facts like we always do. We always present facts, even though this was not in the middle. Uh, <laughs> but Jake, what kind of fact do you have? I'll uh, cue you in with our fun music. It's VE Day. That's when World War II in Europe ended. Oh, yeah. That is a major event. Yeah. Glad you can share it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't have anything. But it's all good. <laughs> that is pretty cool. But yeah. Anyways, guys. You want to know something what? weird? What? So Elizabeth, my sister, her mm-hmm. Xbox password used to be when when Adolf Hitler committed suicide. Jeez. <laughs> the day. Classic. For whatever reason, she just, we were looking up to see what password would be memorable. And she was like, yeah, that'll work. And so she... She picked April 30th or whenever it was. Yeah, we're leaving that in the show. That's pretty good. (laughs) But cool. (laughs) But but yeah. R.I.P. What? To the password. Oh, okay. Yeah. Probably had to change it. Yeah, good. Night after Hitler. Screw that guy. (laughs) Anyways, thanks for tuning in, guys. Enjoyed another episode shooting with Jake. It's always fun. Love doing it. Uh, But yeah, we're signing off. I'm Caleb. Have a great night. Bye.